York Giants defeat the Minnesota Vikings 31-24 in the wildcard round. They are headed to Philly to face the Eagles. And if you're a Giant fan, you got to be thrilled. And this was the matchup that I wanted all along. And you knew that with the way the Giants played on Christmas Eve at Minnesota, you knew that they could come back here and win. And that's exactly what they did. And there were mis- you know, some really key mistakes and turnovers in that first game. And that was all cleaned up. The story of this game is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, he has arrived. He has arrived. And today, uh, 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. And then on the ground, 78 rushing yards. Like, just, he was the story. Saquon Barkley was also really good today as well. Saquon is kind of a 1B for me as far as, like, he, in his playoff debut, that's the thing. I mean, Jones and Barkley and basically the whole Giants team in their playoff debut looked really good. The offense was great. I mean, the Viking defense is not very good, but for the Giants to score 31 points in a playoff game, that's that's good to see. And there were some nervous moments. There really was. The Darius Slayton third and 15 drop in the fourth quarter, I was not feeling good at all at that point. And Slayton, if he catches that ball, it's a first down, and you're looking at a very, very likely victory at that point. But the Giants were able to get the stop, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but like that Slayton drop could have went down in, in, in giant infamy. I've seen that. I've seen that movie before. I, I really have where that could have been just one of those things where it's like, but luckily it didn't. And, you know, Kirk Cousins played pretty well. You know, that, that led the last play was a bit bewildering, but Cousins played pretty well. TJ Hawkinson killed the Giants again, but Justin Jefferson was held in check. Adoree Jackson returning was huge. As we've been saying all along, Adoree Jackson is a legitimate top corner. And he did a great job against Justin Jefferson. Really held him in check. And there's just a lot of a lot of, a lot of positivity to go around. I mean, like Isaiah Hodgins has really been a, such a reliable receiver for Daniel Jones. I mean, eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown for Isaiah Hodgins. And look, he is someone you got to look at him now as someone that like he could be part of the future. Like he really could be. I, I don't think that it's something that is is set in so many means. But you know, going into next season, Isaiah Hodgins has to be in that conversation to be one of the starting receivers. But it's just Brian Dayball just pushes all the right buttons. And there was, I mean, third down conversions were great. A couple of fourth and ones on on QB sneaks that were successful. 431 total yards on offense. And and I thought, like, the defense was not good. But the offense was really good. I thought, you know, Wink Martindale and company. And look, it's a tough match. You knew that this would be more of a high-scoring type game. The Vikings don't have a good defense, and they have a lot of weapons and a very good offense. But what what was so sweet here is the Vikings were 11-0 going into this game in one-score games. Now they're 11-1. You just knew that eventually that was going to end. Or maybe not. I mean, look, it could have continued. Then maybe they would have gotten killed against the the, the, uh, 49ers. That's possible. But you just knew the difference between the Vikings and the Niners in the last few weeks. And so I'm thrilled that this was the matchup. And, you know, the Giants, they, you know, right away the Vikings get up to a quick start. But Giants, great response. And we'll get into the play-by-play 
first want to bring up the the Eagles before you know I might bring it up again after, but with the Eagles, it, it's they own the Giants. Like I, I've said that a million times. The last time the Giants have won at Philly, 2013, in a game that you know I think Matt Barkley started for the Eagles. Like those were not those were two teams that were not very good. It was not a good Giant team. It was not a good Eagle team. So it's less than they've won there. And then what I think about in terms of flipping the script, and like I said, there's been a lot of really bad Giant Eagle memories for me. Like I, I truly believe that the last time the Giants beat the Eagles in a game where it meant a lot to both teams, to both teams, because there have been some good Giant moments, but like, for me, honestly, and you know, I'm sure I, if I thought about it, there's probably some other ones, but it's the Giants-Eagles in 2000 where Ron Dixon returns the kickoff for a touchdown to start the game, the amazing Jason Seahorn interception for a touchdown. And then ever since then, it really has been mostly Eagles. And here's the one that stands out in this case, though. And there was that 2006 loss of the wildcard round where David Akers hit a field goal as time expired, and that one stung. But it's 2008. The Giants had won the Super Bowl the year before. It's the whole situation where Plexico Burris shoots himself. And the Giants kind of flatlined a little bit at the end of the season. They did have that nice win against the Carolina Panthers. But the Giants had the bye. And the Eagles, ironically, went into Minnesota and knocked up the Vikings. And then the Eagles beat the Giants. And I'm hoping that that is what can happen here. Giants win at Minnesota, take on a number one seed Eagle team, and it would just be so nice. Like, I could go chapter and verse on how the Eagles have just – I mean, if you're an Eagle fan, there has to be a major level of confidence against the Giants. And as it, as it goes to this year, the one game I went to this year was when the Eagles killed the Giants at MetLife Stadium. And the Giants – look, it was a weird situation. Eagles deserve the win. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take that away. But it was definitely at a different point. Giants were pretty banged up. And it was a rainy, ugly day. That was bad. That was really bad. That was probably about as low as it got for the Giants this year, I would say. But then there's that game last week at Philly where the Giants had all their you know bench players, all their reserves, and they kind of hung in there. I'm not sure if you can take a whole lot from that, but the Eagles will be going for their third win of the year against the Giants. It'll be going for you know that elusive third win. I say elusive because, I mean, we've seen situations. The most notable one for the Giants where it worked in their favor was 2007 against the Cowboys, where Dallas won the two regular season games, then the Giants went in Dallas and knocked them off. So I do think that there's a fighting chance for the Giants to beat the Eagles. I'm not even anywhere close to as confident in this Philly game as I was Minnesota. I really felt pretty damn good about this Minnesota game. The Eagle one, it's going to be a lot tougher, but I'll say this. I actually think that I prefer playing the Eagles than the Niners. Going to San Francisco as opposed to going to Philly. For some reason, like these divisional games can get weird. And we kind of saw that this week. Miami-Buffalo, that game had no right being close. And it was. Same thing with, with the Ravens versus the Bengals. Sometimes these divisional games, I know Seahawks-Niners wasn't quite that way. Although at first, after one half, it was. So, I think the Giants will hang in there. And especially with Brian Dayball and what he does, they'll be prepared. They'll hopefully play mistake-free football. And I am excited. I mean, I think the pressure is on the Eagles here, being the one seed. 
and being the favorite. So for the Giants, you're kind of playing with house money, but wow, would I be really satisfied to knock off the Eagles. It would that would knock off a lot of the pain that the Giants fans have suffered against this team. I I it cannot be said enough that you know it's a one-sided rivalry. Seriously, in the last 20 years or so, one-sided rivalry. It just is. It's a rivalry. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong, it is, but the Giants gotta start, you know, winning some games in that. And so there is a lot of the line next week in, in, in a wide open NFC. Really is. Like it, it that's just that's the case. So, but let's jump into this game, and I'm excited to do so. And the Giants, like I said, defensively really got off to a very shitty start. And it was a bad look. The defense was bad today. I, I really thought felt like they had a really bad game. And the Vikings just it was good play after good play after good play. Like the Giants didn't force. I guess they did. Giants. There was one third down. There was one third down the whole time. But Justin Jefferson was actually getting going early. Justin Jefferson was by far at his best in the first uh, first series, easily. And really after that, he totally cooled off. But the first series, he was very good. Jefferson with a couple of ten yard receptions. Adam Thielen. Had a 13-yard catch. And on a third and two, Cousins to TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson again tore up the Giants in back-to-back games. We get first and goal at the six. Cousins to Jefferson originally looked like it might have been a touchdown. It was called touch on the field, overturned, but it was easy for the Vikings. Second and goal, QBC, Kirk Cousins. Vikings touchdown, but the Giants with that response. It's what I've talked about this year with this team where they respond. And look, Nick Gates with a holding penalty that started out first and 20. Didn't matter. 13-yard catch Richie James, 7-yard run Daniel Jones, 22-yard reception Darius Slayton, 15-yard run Daniel Jones, 28-yard run for a touchdown for Saquon Barkley. Five plays, 75 yards, and really, it was really five plays and 85 yards if you want to include that Nick Gates holding penalty. I mean... Really good stuff. The explosive plays were there for the Giants today. And that's been a problem with this team in recent years and for a lot of the season as well. But against the Vikings, it was there, and it's a great, great response. Then the Eagles go three and out, and it was close. There was a second and three where Alex Madison gets a two-yard catch, and it looked like he got the first, but but they did say that he was down. Not a great job by Jalen Smith there on that tackle attempt. And then the Vikings, I don't know what O'Connell was thinking. They try to do a trick play where Justin Jefferson passes it to Kirk Cousins, but the Giants were able to stop it. And before I forget, Aziz Ojolari leaves this game with a quad injury. And so Ojolari, it just the injuries continue. It seems like he's all right, like as in he might play versus Eagles. Now remember, quick turnaround, and I should have mentioned this. Giants-Eagles Saturday night. Giants-Eagles Saturday night. So it'll be a primetime game on Fox. Uh, but, you know, quick turnaround. And so we'll see what Ojolari's status is, but it just sucks. It just seems like even if he plays, he's going to be affected. It just it, injuries are a thing with him. But that was you know a dumb play by Minnesota that works out for the Giants. And here again, four plays, eighty-one yards, forty-seven yard uh, completion of Darius Slayton, four-yard catch to Lawrence Cager, uh, four-yard catch for Lawrence Cager. A 16-yard run for Saquon Barkley. Then first and ten for the Viking 14, Isaiah Hodgins. 
who killed the Vikings last time, gets a 14-yard touchdown catch. Giants take a 14-7 lead. And we go from the first second to the sec- uh, first quarter to the second quarter. Dalvin Cook had some nice runs on this drive, and Dalvin Cook just didn't really get going. And that, that was it was kind of a weird year for Dalvin Cook. It just didn't really happen for him. And I guess that has a lot to do with the Vikings' play calling and just offensive line, I suppose. But he wasn't a major factor. I thought that he could have been and maybe should have been. But the Giants are able to force a punt. So a good job there. They were at about midfield, but the Vikings had to punt it away. And the Giants, this next drive, ends up only in a field goal. 20-play, 85-yard drive, 10 minutes and 52 seconds. And it was a Daniel Bellinger mishap on what was called, and, and correctly so, an illegal shift that took away a touchdown. And this was big. It felt big at the time, and I think it was. The Giants only got three. But an impressive drive nonetheless. And on this drive, a big nine-yard reception by Isaiah Hodgins on a third and seven deep in Giant territory. That was big. You got a Daniel Jones 14-yard run. A lot of a lot of runs for Daniel Jones on this drive, honestly. That was a big part of it. And... Yeah, I mean, Jones, you look at this drive, tons and tons of running for Daniel Jones, you know, 10 yards, 12 yards. And eventually, like I said, you get that first to go at the four. You're almost there. And it was it would have been a rushing touchdown for Daniel Jones, but Daniel Bellinger kind of, you know, jumps the gun a little bit, and it's a legal shift. And, and unfortunately, after a Lawrence Cager drop, so Cager, who they try to give a chance to, but he dropped the ball. If he catches it, I don't think he's in the end zone, but you probably go for it on fourth. But Gano settles for a 25-yard field goal. Giants take a 10-point lead. And what hurt here is the Vikings would get a touchdown. So this would end up being a three-point game at half, which sucks because you were very close to making it a 14-point game. It felt like a quick swing, and it felt like the Giants should have been up by a lot more. But on this drive where the Vikings cut it to 17-14, it was a third and nine conversion by TJ Hawkinson. 27-yard catch for Hawkinson. Now, it was an interesting decision, and I agreed with it at the time. There was a holding penalty on the Vikings, and it could have been second and 19, but the, but the Giants chose for it to be third and nine. And, and I, I agreed with it. I don't think it was an obvious call, but you'll, it's one of those things you look back on and you say, yeah, probably should have had it been second and 19. That didn't work. We ended the two-minute warning, and then TJ Hawkinson, there's more. It's a 28-yard catch for Hawkinson. You get some Dalvin Cook, a little Justin Jefferson first down. And in first and goal at the nine, Cousins to a wide open K.J. Osborne. And I think Jalen Smith might have fucked up on this one, but it's a 17-14 game. And let's just – and, you know, there was some other stuff going on, but long story short, we are going to halftime 17-14. But the Giants opened up the half with a really impressive touchdown drive. And that was big to keep that – you know, keep a stranglehold on the lead – and on this one, second and 13, big 10-yard catch for Hodgins. And then Barkley with a 24-yard reception. They get into Viking territory. Another big Hodgins play for 32 yards. And on a second and seven at the Viking nine, Jones to Daniel Bellinger. So Bellinger makes up for the mistake. Nine-yard touchdown catch for the rookie. And the Giants take that 10-point lead back. However, the Vikings respond. They respond with a touchdown of their own. And... Again, TJ Hawkinson with a big 19-yard catch on a third and seven. He beat Landon Collins. Then an Adam Thielen 25-yard grab down the right sideline. And on a second goal at the three, Kirk Cousins to a wide-open Irv Smith. 
And the Giants were kind of, you know, not a great, I mean, a really bad drive by the Giants defense. And it's 24-21. And the Giants' first punt of the day comes here where they get a pretty key third down conversion. Matt Breida is able to muscle his way for the first down. But unfortunately, Daniel Jones gets sacked and and, uh, Jamie Gillen has to punt it away. And the Vikings have the ball down three. This was a drive that would go from late third quarter to early fourth quarter. And pretty, you know, there was a third 13, Cousins to Osborne for 11, and the Vikings go for it on the last play of the third quarter and convert. Cousins to Hawkinson for 18 yards. Now, somewhere in the mix here, and, and I, it must have happened earlier. It definitely did. It, you know, it, it was actually on that, on that last Viking touchdown drive. It was a close play where Julian Love almost intercepted it, but it, it was incorrectly called incomplete. It was close, but it was an incorrect. It was a correct change. So now we head into the fourth quarter, and a really key. Now there was a third and nine Hawkinson eight yard catch where he almost got the first down, but it was ruled that he was short by a yard, which was important because on the fourth and one they were going to go for it and they were going to get it. Cousins for the QB sneak, but in a full start penalty on Christian Darrisaw, that was really, really big. Vikings seemed destined to take the lead, but Greg Joseph converts a 38-yard field goal. We remain tied, and the Giants' offense gets right back into gear with what would be the game-winning touchdown drive. 12 plays, 75 yards in less than five minutes, and Darius Slayton with a 14-yard catch, which was big. Richie James, an 11-yard catch to midfield. Then... For me, what was maybe like the throw of the game by Daniel Jones on a second and 10 at the Viking 45, Daniel Jones moves to the left and finds Isaiah Hodgins for an impressive 19-yard connection. Hodgins has the both feet in, just an amazing play by Jones and Hodgins. And that that was a big, big play. And, and so that gives them a first down. Saquon Barkley with a 10-yard catch on a second and 10. Nice job by Saquon where he was just running strong, running physical. And on a, let's see here. Giants have it first and, what was it? Let's let's jump to third and five at the, at the Viking 11. Richie James with a four-yard catch. It's fourth and one at the Viking 7. It's a no-brainer call. It's a no-brainer call. You go for it and Jones with the QB sneak gets a couple of yards then after a defensive holding on Patrick Peterson, a two-yard hard, I mean, a, again, well-earned run for a touchdown for Saquon Barkley. So Barkley's second touchdown of the game gives the Giants a 31-24 lead. And the defense follows it up with a three and out. Great job on the defense there. And Darnay Holmes made a nice play on Dalvin Cook on the first on the first play of that drive. And just a very simple, easy, uh, and a great job of the Giants' defense there. Now here's where the Giants have a chance to seal it up, end it. And they almost did, but this was a pretty devastating moment in the game. Saquon Barkley gets a 12-yard catch to give the Giants a first down. Then it's a third and one after a Hodgins eight-yard catch. Barkley no game on third and one at the Giant 45. And the Giants call timeout at 328. Fourth and one at the Giant 45. And they went up seven. Some could call it risky, but it was the right move. They go for it. And they get it. Daniel Jones' QB sneak gets the Giants the first down. That was what you had to do. And, and they did it. And it just, again, it 
It shows what Brian Dayball, the confidence he has, he's not afraid. And it was the right thing to do and a really big one. However, still not out of the woods. And the Giants are at, they have a third and 15. Third and 15 with around three minutes left. And Darius Slayton's wide open. And he drops the ball. And he would have had a first down and maybe more. Like that would have been ball game. And Slayton drops it. And that, that, that hurts. On, on, a, on a day where Darius Slayton did a lot of good, did a lot of good. That's a drop, and and he was upset about it. Good job by Brian Dable. He can, you know, he spoke to him, and that, Dable again. That's where I talk about pushing the right buttons. He just knows how to interact with his players. So the Giants punted away, and that was scary. And so the Eagles started their own twelve, and a play that really pissed me off was on second and four. It's an incomplete pass by Cousins to, to KJ Osborne. They call roughing the passer on Dexter Lawrence. Just an absolutely awful, awful call. Should have never been called. And so the Vikings get a – not only did they get a first down, but they had 15 yards. And T.J. Atkinson with a 13-yard catch. And then here is where it turns in the Giants' favor. Cousins to feeling incomplete. Deep. Then on a second and 10, Cousins goes to Dalvin Cook for only two yards. A nice job by Dean Belton. Nice job by Dean Belton who gets you know a, a, some key snaps there, I guess, late. And maybe that had a little bit to do with Jason Pinnock leaving the game. Probably did. Pinnock got hurt on special teams. Scary situation. He actually got sent to the hospital, abdomen injury. But he's fine. But apparently he's going to be all right. He uh, he went, he traveled back with the Giants. Bit of a scary moment, but he was good to go when it was all said and done. I mean, he did leave the game. But out of the two-minute warning, a really nice play by Cordell Flott, the rookie, does a nice job on breaking up the, the pass to K.J. Osborne. Really good job. So now it's a fourth and eight. And I was convinced the Vikings were going to convert, but they don't. And it was a stop where – it wasn't even a stop. I'm not even going to call it a stop. Cousins to Hawkinson for three yards on a fourth and eight. Xavier McKinney is the one with the game-sealing tackle. And a good job by McKinney who – you know that was tough where he got injured. It was a self-inflicted injury on his part at, in, during the bye week. But McKinney gets that – clinching tackle but I don't know what the hell O'Connell and, and really specifically Kirk Cousins like how do you do that I mean look if you're going to show throw short of the first down like let it have a chance that had no chance and I'm, I'm a Viking fan I'm thinking like that's how the game ended I was stunned but the Giants win it 31-24 a really fun game I think a game that I think we'll look back as Giant fans you'll look back on and want to watch those highlights. You know, I think it's one of those games that you're going to say, yeah, 2022 season, wild card round versus the Vikings. Like, let, let me throw that on. And Daniel Jones, this was to me, him telling, you know, the nation, like, look, I, I'm here. I am here to stay. And, you know, so next week is going to be a lot tougher for him. No doubt about it. That game is going to be different. That game is definitely going to have more defense. It's going to be tough. It's at night. It's outdoors uh, in a hostile, you know, Philly environment. But, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity for, for the Giants. And, you know, you just – you never know what can happen. And I think the Giants have a shot. I, I really, really think that there's a chance that they can win this game. And it's funny. When the Giants in – since I've been a fan of this team – when the Giants win a playoff game, they at least reach the Super Bowl. Either they lose – so this could be the first time where that doesn't occur. And if I had to put my money on it, unfortunately, it probably will be. You, you, I mean, it's not all, it's it's not just a thing where, all right, you win one game, all right, automatically to the Super Bowl. It doesn't work like that. For the Giants, it, it weirdly has. But, yeah, I mean, just 
to get this win, like, it would have sucked to lose to the Vikings. It, it would have, just because I knew that they were capable of it. Losing the Eagles, depending on how it happens, would be a different sort of pain. It would be, in, in no way would it be like, ah, like, the Eagles are better than the Giants. I, I believe they are. By a wide margin, probably not. Probably not by a wide, wide margin, but they are the better team. Whereas this Viking team, I'm thinking, like, the Giants are better than this Minnesota Viking team. I, I truly believe that, and that and that showed. So, again, Giants go into Minnesota. The first playoff game versus the Vikings since 2000, where the Giants beat Minnesota 41-0 in the NFC Championship game. This was the first Giant-Viking playoff game at you know in Mini, and the Giants go and beat them. In a fun game, again, Daniel Jones really with just a splendid performance. And he takes his team to Philly. So now next week, Saturday night, 8.15 or so, the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, an NFC East battle. And let's just see what they can do. And the fact that the Giants are going to be one of eight teams left, technically seven upon kickoff, it is quite the unexpected story, and this fun season continues.